1: That's RVRADIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown.
2: Happy championship round, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it for the FFPC and the Football Guys Players Championship, and we are kicking things off here with a Week 15 preview with a really, really talented guest, as most of them are uh, on this program. Before we get into it, I I, I know I just gave you the, the RV Radio 2022 discount code. Remember to play. Uh, we have three contests going on right now this week. The FFPC Weekly Challenge, no draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players. You can play the classic format with kickers and defenses. You can play without the the slim format. You can play without them uh, as well. Um, And one player per team, you just set it, that's it, and then you just watch uh, the games the rest of the weekend and see how your team does. You can play uh, for a $35 entry fee, a $200 entry fee, a 100-team format, a 30-team format, or a 10-team format. And remember, if you beat those other nine players, in your, um, in your league, you will win a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can play for $1 million. Not only that, the FFPC uh, World Famous uh, Playoff Challenge is live as well at myffpc.com. $500,000 grand prize in that. It's a $1.4 million prize pool. $200 is your entry fee per person. Again, one player per NFL team. The deadline will be January 14th when the NFL kicks off its wild card weekend. Um, And if you want to play uh, in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, you can do that as well. $100,000 grand prize in that prize pool of just under a half million dollars. That's only 35 bucks to get in. Again, same rules as the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. Just one player per team, same deadline on January 14th. Let's welcome in our guest tonight. Uh, He is the 12th place finisher. In the 2022 FFPC main event regular season, obviously he has bigger things uh in, in his mind going forward here, trying to win a million bucks. You already follow him on Twitter at underscore flopaholic underscore. It is the incomparable Jerry Kaforsky. Welcome in, Jerry. Thanks for coming on this week.
3: Thanks for having me here. Glad to be here.
2: It's uh, exciting to have you on to pick your brain. It's 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 You know, it's I always say it's like a weird season every single year. Um, it's been another weird season this year. You are locked and loaded. Only 11 teams will have a better shot than you to win the million bucks. you got to be feeling pretty good right now, man.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to be in this position. But, uh, you know, I think I've been on your show like three years in a row in a similar position. But uh haven't held the trophy yet. So uh, yeah. I-, I need to complete the uh, actual victory this year.
2: It's uh it's tough to do, as we all know. It is very, very tough to do. Only one player is gonna cash that million bucks, but it very well could be you this year, Jerry. Uh, you know, you drafted this team live in Las Vegas um in uh in September. So when when you were at Planet Hollywood, you draft this team, you look at it afterwards. How good did you think it, it could be? Did were you looking at this as like a, a fringe top ten team overall?
3: I mean, I, I don't think you ever know where it's gonna end up finishing. I, I think uh when you're doing this many drafts, you find out you're targeting certain players in each round. So even before Vegas, the only variable really is that Thursday game to mm-hmm. see kind of what shift on certain players are. So you kind of already locked in on who you wanted. So when I left that draft, I didn't feel like I got sniped. So I got my guys, whether right or wrong, I at least got the team I wanted. Um, and it, yeah, to your point, it kind of just worked out that way as well.
2: Getting your guys—that's that's that's the important thing, man. I, I always appreciate uh, anytime that phrase gets brought up on a program. Um, all right, so let's get into this squad that's in in twelfth place right now. You have Justin Fields, you have Dak Prescott, and Geno Smith—an embarrassment of riches. Fields who's been crushing it with with his legs. Dak Prescott who plays on a pretty prolific offense, and then Geno Smith, uh, probably the odds-on favorite to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Um, I'm curious, how often have you nailed the correct quarterback to start? on any given week with three talented signal callers there. And as we look at week 15, who are you leaning towards starting in the first leg of the FFPC main event championship round?
3: So I, I kind of went through after the season ended just to see where I, where I made my mistakes, obviously. And uh, so it's funny, I drafted Justin Fields and I dropped, I dropped him by, I think week four. Um, So I had to rebuy him with waiver dollars <laughs> week eight
2: how much did you spend a lot on him to pick him it up? It was like
3: $54, $51 oh. or $54. So I got okay. him cheap. However, that was week eight, which I think he had like two 20-point games. It was like 21, 24, and I got him for $54. So extremely cheap even after two 20-point uh, back-to-back games. And then I was able to get Gino later. Um, But week eight, so I picked up fields. That week eight, I started Dak versus the Bears in the fields, And that was the last time I've started Dak Prescott. Ah, okay. Um, You know, he's been like a 19, 20 point guy. But obviously, once Fields started going off, he was inserting my lineup Um, and then he got banged up. And then from there, I had Gino on my roster and he's plug and play 20 to 25 points every single week. So uh, I've just been really shifting back and forth between Fields um, and Gino lately.
2: And as we look forward this week, have you made a decision or is, is it still up in the air?
3: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning fields, you know, right. As of right now. And at the end of the day, you're playing, I'm playing for the million dollars. Right. So mm-hmm. yep. I think 20 points or 19 points potentially is going to, it's not going to hurt me, but I don't know if it's going to catapult me to win in a million. Whereas I know fields has a 40 point ceiling. He's done it twice. So I know it's worth Philly, though. I mean, which is a little, you know, I'm a little scared of that. So I'm not a hundred percent, but, uh, even on Fields' worst day, I feel like he's 20, 22 points. So I'm leaning Fields as a right now.
2: You know, the other thing, too, to keep in mind here, and and by the way, I think I, I'm with you on Fields on this, the Seahawks play Thursday night this week. So obviously short week, we've seen a lot of unders play out uh, on Thursday night. Uh, the Seahawks are uh, giving away three and a half points at home. So you like that, but the total's only 43 and a half. That total in that Bears-Eagles game, and granted, yeah, I know the Eagles are probably going to be scoring a lot of those points, but that's almost at 50 right now. And, and I think you look at the ceiling, um, you know, uh, of what you just said, where you're trying to win the million bucks, you're not just trying to finish high up um, on the leaderboard, you're going for the, the seven-figure prize. How often do you think your, your strategy changes, your start-sit lineup changes? Do you normally shift into a different mode now um, for these last three weeks of the season where you're going all upside?
3: Not all upside, but yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, like I'm not gonna probably start Jamal Williams this week, something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas, and that's obviously other factors in that as well, just you know, touches and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I want boom guys at this point. I, I want 15, 20 plus points. Um, you know, getting 10, 12 points, I just don't think it's gonna do it. You know, at the end of the day, even being 12, you know, what is that like an eight point lead on someone that's 200th or 150th mm-hmm. or something? So you know, that that's gone and the first five minutes, you know, of games on Thursday and Saturday. So definitely boom.
2: Yeah. Leaderboard will be shuffling for sure in that, in, on, uh, on Thursday night, as well as all day Saturday. Yeah. I forgot about that. We have Saturday. I got to remember to put that in the FFPC email tomorrow. We got Saturday games this week, which will be exciting too: Colts, Vikings, Ravens, Browns, and then dolphins, bills, which I think is going to be a fun one on Saturday night. Uh, let's go with the same question here. Now I think you, you already kind of answered this a little bit, you're not playing Jamal Williams this week. You're obviously playing Josh Jacobs. You're obviously playing Joe Mixon. I feel like those three running backs you have been starting. Williams will be on your bench this week. You got an embarrassment of riches at receiver too: Brandon Iu, DK Metcalf, George Pickens, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Mike Williams. Those guys are all startable. If if you do play four receivers this week, you still got to bench one of those guys. Is it going to be Pickens on the bench and start those other four?
3: As of this second, I'm looking at my lineup. I have Pickens on my bench and. Okay. Uh, And there's many reasons. I mean, it's tough. Like we just saw, like Ayuk, you know, it's like Purdy, what's going to happen? He was able to get a score off it. He can throw the ball downfield, which we saw recently. Um, So I'm not as worried about that. Um, And we just saw Seattle get torched by Carolina. Um, So I'm hoping Ayuk might be able to get some more plays down the field. And with Pickens, I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen. And Trubisky goes back to pick it. I don't even know what the final injury report is on that. So. You know, I'm back and forth on that because Pickens does have that big playability. You know, Mm. he randomly could have a two-touchdown game this week. Um, But I just don't know if I want to put all my eggs in a Pittsburgh basket right now.
2: Yeah, probably not the wisest idea. I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, Again, the total in that game, 38-and-a-half. They're going to Carolina. Carolina's defense looks pretty good, too, and has been looking pretty good the last few weeks. So I think I'm with you on sitting Pickens there. Um, getting back to the Niners, since you brought up Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, um, what what do you think, like how has your viewpoint changed? And I know you don't own a, 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 all the Niners' skill position guys, but how, how has your viewpoint changed on what you're doing with a guy like Ayuk and, and Kittle and 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 McCaffrey? Like with those guys, you're obviously still starting every week, but expectations for their points, I mean, I don't know how much it goes down with Purdy as opposed to Garoppolo.
3: It's, it's almost like a net gain or loss. I mean, I, I really, I mean, it's a system. It's a system right? Uh, coach. I mean, I at the end of the day, they could put anybody back there. I think an opportunity is going to be there. My only issue with IU was really like the downfield passes. And uh, it's not like Jimmy G excelled in it, but he was able to do it. Um, So seeing last week that he was being able to throw the ball, at least, I'm a little bit more confident that there's going to be at least a few opportunities. And, and when he just saw Carolina torch Seattle. Right. Well, I'm just hoping, like, even if he gets one of those ripped off and, you know, you get a 12-point play, a few more catches, you're in that 15, 20-point-plus range.
2: That Purdy thing was so interesting. In one of my dynasty leagues, I, I needed a win to get into the playoffs, and I had Lamar Jackson as my only quarterback in that league. And the some guy had already picked up Huntley, so I was stuck with I, – I bid on a bunch of guys. I ended up getting Purdy, and I, I settled in to start watching that game, and, and they're showing it on red zone, obviously – First play from scrimmage, I'm like, all right, here we go. What do you got, Brock? He messes up the protection, gets blindsided by the safety blitz. And I'm like, God, this is a massive mistake. The Buccaneers are going to – Brady's going to roll the the Niners in in his old hometown. This is going to be awful. And then on that same play, roughing the passer because he brought his full weight down on the quarterback. 15-yard penalty. I'm like, okay, let's hold on. Maybe this will change. And then Purdy just shredded him. It was awesome. It was awesome. That's his history. Now he's gonna yeah. get slide, and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the Niners, an embarrassment of riches at the <laughs> at the quarterback position. Um, you so let's talk about defense. We don't talk about defense a whole lot on this show, but I think this is interesting, especially when you talk about the game theory and the strategy that goes into this. You have three defenses um in the championship round: the Chargers, the Packers, and the Seahawks. Okay. I'm guessing, and I'm I'm not gonna put words in your mouth here. I'm guessing you probably have a different week earmarked for each one of those defenses. Um, you're obviously um, trying to win the million bucks. If one of your main guys goes down your sixth receiver, your fourth running back, they're probably not going to help you win the million. So you're going for broke having these defenses on your squad. Is that the plan? You're going to play a different one of these defenses in each week?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I was targeting at that point, I I didn't have a strong defense. I don't have San Francisco or the Buffaloes right. or Dallas's of the world. So it's basically waiver streaming uh i had seattle because carolina last week um that turned out to be wrong i think they ended up with two but
2: uh i didn't see them i picked them up in a bunch of leagues and i was disappointed uh, as a result too so you weren't alone in the east coast team going to the west coast seattle like that was just kind of mind-boggling but uh Mm -hmm. thank
3: god geno smith got that garbage time touchdown like that saved me for sure but uh yeah, I mean, I, I was basically targeting, like, uh, the Rams. I mean, Indianapolis, Chargers play Indianapolis uh, week 16, and then they have Rams week 17. Mm. And then the Packers this week have uh, Rams. Rams, yep. So it's like, I'm just I targeting. I know it's Baker Mayfield. He loves interceptions and fumbles. I'm sure I said that he's going to have four touchdowns this week, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going on something that I've seen 9,000 times of Baker just not being good. So I'm just going to hope that continues. Uh, and and these are teams that have shipped it, Like, they don't really care right now. So, I right. mean, Chargers, I feel like, is a slight gamble because it's not like they get tons of points. They did very well versus Miami this week. They shut down Tua. But I,
2: I'm just going to go with the
3: matchups at this point and hope for the best because I don't have a stellar defense. So
2: You, you know, and I think that's what you got to do if you don't have a stellar defense. You have to play matchups. That's what you've been doing all season, and it's clearly worked for you. So let's continue doing that. I will say this about Baker Mayfield in Lambeau Field. Um, Last Christmas, the Packers hosted the Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Packers, who were having a great season last year, Cleveland Browns, mm, not so much. And um, I took my son to his first ever Packers game on Christmas Day to watch the Packers, I thought, crush the Cleveland Browns. No, Mayfield had a chance to win it at the end of the game, and it took a goal line – at a goal line stand – but like a red zone stand from the Packers defense in the waning moments. Otherwise, Baker Mayfield was going to lead the Browns to an upset victory on Christmas Day, and I'm thinking, God, my kid's never going to want to go to another Packers game. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to ruin Christmas for him. I'm going to ruin football for him. All in, uh, It's all thanks to Baker Mayfield. Thank God that didn't happen, but it would not surprise me at all, even though everything – and I'm going to be playing the Packers defense in several of my leagues this week. Um, But even though everything in my body says – uh, everything in my brain says, play the Packers defense, would not shock me at all if Mayfield pulls another one out of his hindquarters on Monday night football and leads the Rams to a victory. I don't know. But the stuff <laughs> he did against Las Vegas, that shouldn't have never happened. And it did. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Tyler Conklin. Now, I know you got him in a few leagues. I don't know if you – I don't believe you have him on this team, the 12th place team. No. Um, but but he plays the the uh, Lions this week. Um, Tight end premium leagues. How sneaky of a start is, is Tyler Conklin this week in week 15?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I mean, I, I think it's more to, like, I
2: guess the position at this point. The
3: disparity mm-hmm. between top two or three and the drop-off is just so severe. So, I guess you're just looking for opportunity. But, I mean, I will say Detroit is awful against the tight end. So, you have the plus matchup for Conklin. It's just the Jets are kind of like seesawing, I feel like, the last few weeks where – are they legit? Can they win? Um, I just don't know what you're going to get. However you're probably, if you have Conklin, you're not, you're not benching a good tight end probably for him. So I think out of all the pile of garbage tight ends, Conklin's probably up there on the top, at least, whereas he's probably going to get two catches and it's 20 to 40 yards, but he does have the possibility of just falling in the end zone. Exactly. I mean, he's just red zone targets. So, I mean, at least you have the opportunity, maybe being a 15 pointer from him and uh, at least salvaging your tight end position.
2: Based on what we've seen this year at the tight end position, are you changing your draft strategy next year? Because like you said, it's it's been like Kelsey, maybe, maybe Andrews, at least the first half of the season. He's been pretty bad the last month or so. Um, but it's been the couple of guys at the top, and then that's been it. Are you going to be going out of your way in drafts next year to make sure you get an elite tight end and let everybody else worry about trying to fill in the cracks? Or um, is the fact that there is only one or two, Level the playing field a little bit more, by and large, over the course of the the entire season and the other eleven players in the league, where you're fine waiting on tight ends just to see what happens.
3: I ask, it probably matters how many
2: teams you have.
3: I would probably say, but like going into this year, like even but my buddies and I were drafting. We targeted tight ends. We said, hey, we want Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And I just, I a lot of my main event drafts, I just happened to be in the back and I couldn't get Kelsey. And amazingly, in Vegas, I was ninth. And I got Kelsey to actually follow me at nine, which I was amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it blew me away. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I finally got a Kelsey ticket, and I wanted it all year. Um, and then I was, I was targeting Andrews and my second rounders. And to your point, though, I mean, with Lamar's inconsistencies, I mean, he's, I don't want to say a bust, but uh, he's just not doing it for you right now. Um, so my goal was Andrews Kelsey, and then I was targeting either Schultz in that four or five range, if you can follow the fifth. Um, and then the next package was probably Goddard and Ertz. And I mm-hmm. wanted a tight end from, like, Ertz was like my bottom line um, in most cases.
2: I so, yes, I will, be,
3: I will be targeting tight ends, though, yes. And I, and I don't think another year of Kelsey age AH will matter. He will, will still dominate the position. And even worse case, it still will be more than the third or fourth tight end. So, even if he's not one. He'll be second by a margin.
2: It's it's crazy to look at. Um, so I'm just looking at Andrews and, and what a weird season it's been for him. I mean, he had five for 52, nine for 104, eight for 89, 8 for 89, 7 for 106. And he did have six for 63 against Carolina back in um the, the thank uh the week before Thanksgiving. But dude, I mean, like two catches, four catches, four catches, three catches, no catches against Cleveland. I think that's a game he got hurt. Um, it's just been weird for him, too. And, like, Kelsey, I think is you're right. He's a guy that that um, he's aging well. He's like a fine wine. Um, I have him in in at least one dynasty league. I I will be dying um, on that hill. I will be holding the Travis Kelsey bag. I'm not going to trade him yeah. because I know as soon as he does, he's going to have this late career. Like, he's going to play to, like, he's 36, 37 at a high level, and I'll be missing out on that. So I'm totally with you on that. It's just it, tight end, man. Like, and we haven't even brought up, like, You know, Darren Waller goes on IR. You mentioned Goddard. He went on IR. Kyle Pitts, I don't know what the hell happened there in Atlanta this year. That was – I don't have an explanation for it. I don't have an explanation for a lot of stuff that happened in fantasy this year. That's right up there with Pitts. And I know a lot of people got um, let down by him, myself included, in a couple of leagues. Um, Let's talk about uh, Brian Robinson here. If you remember in week 13, I think it was, Giants and Commanders played to a tie – Um, Robinson had over 100 total yards that game, and he's been cooking lately uh, on the ground. He gets the bye week to recuperate, to rest, and now he's back taking on the Giants this week. Brian Robinson, to me, has been a guy pretty much all season. He's been more of a flex. I don't even look at him as as like a top 25 running back, more of like a flex type guy that I can put in. Um, Is he a must flex this week knowing what he's been doing lately and knowing what he just did against the Giants a couple weeks ago?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you're fine with Brian Robinson, but I think it kind of goes back to our point earlier. Like, do I think Brian Robinson's going to drop 25? Like, probably a 1% chance. I mean, it's, it could happen. Um, so, I mean, his best case scenario, you probably would be happy and content with, what, 15 maybe? You know, when yeah. he gets like 80 to 100 yards, falls into the end zone, which absolutely is not bad for, like, your flex too. Um, but then I guess I would just compare it to who am I starting him over. Like, if it's the Conklin-type flex of the world or something, like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still want to look for upside, right? Like I would still be, I would be starting like our Pickens examples. I would probably start Pickens over Brian Robinson because it's a tournament. And if he just gets two touchdowns, Pickens and two deep throws, he's going to set your team off that week. Um, could be a hundred percent wrong, but I just don't know
2: if Brian Robinson's
3: going to be like a 20 point player that I would want to put in over a potential higher yep. end upside guy.
2: You know, if if he's a twenty point player, he's got to get in the end zone twice. I don't really see him touching twenty unless he scores two touchdowns. Now it's possible that he might, but it's just it's highly unlikely. The you talk about the 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 variance, oh, it, right? Um, uh, the the variance here with with the receivers that you have going is that why Williams is on the bench this week because he has limited upside in a backfield where Swift is starting to come on, and you could get blowout games from you know, really any of those guys that you'd mentioned, ayuk Metcalf, Pickens, St. Brown, Mike Williams, all those guys have the higher upside. So is that the reason that Williams, and Williams is probably trending downward right now with, with his touches and everything, but is that why, is that a big reason why you're playing so many more receivers this week because of that high variance?
3: Absolutely. And you have to have recency bias. Like they say you shouldn't, blah, 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 but he, he did out-touch Swift again, I believe, last week. So he did bounce back on touches versus Swift. However... I mean, and again, part of it was game, right? Detroit scored long touchdowns. They didn't, they rarely got to like the goal line. Everything was like 10 yards out or 30, 40 yards. So the opportunity wasn't there. So yeah, could the opportunity come where they get goal lines and he falls three end zone touchdowns, but he's probably maxing out at what, like 40 yards. Like, so you're not going to get the yards of Jamal Williams. It has to be touchdowns. And then to like your Brian Robinson point, he has to fall in the end zone two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's happened. It could happen. I just don't know if I want to. I just don't know if I want to.
2: I'm looking at that game right now, the Commanders and the Giants, uh, if I can find it here. And it is not showing up for me. Why is it not? Oh, because it's the uh, Sunday night game this week. And that's a total that's barely cracking 40, too. So not, there's not a ton of upside oh, yeah. uh, in that. Um, four and a half point favorites for the commander. So at least the game script should be in, in Brian Robinson's favor, but you never know how those go uh, as well. Um, I This this is not really a championship round question, but I know a lot of people have been asking me this week uh, already. Um, with the injury to Damian Pierce, he's not expected to play this week, maybe not even next week as well. Uh, if you still are playing in a league with waivers, which I know a lot of our viewers still are, um, Rex Burkett or Dare Ogunbowale, given that the Texans decided to cut Eno Benjamin, which was really weird, Um, but which which is the guy for you uh, in the Houston backfield this week?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed.
2: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your
3: first year at lifelock.com slash aware. I, mean, I would say like it's playoffs everywhere. So if you're starting one of them, like congratulations on your good regular season. And uh Well <laughs> and, 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 it.
2: and it could be a case too, like where you were riding <laughs> Pierce all season. And now you don't have that opportunity and your waiver wire is picked clean, except for these two guys.
3: I mean, I guess maybe Dare. I mean, Burkhead's probably going to be still the pass catcher. So I guess they're, we're playing what Casey, I think this week. So they're awful against the run. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe I'd go Dar. um, or Dare, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. Burkhead's not going to get a, the bulk of the, of the touches. So I just, Probably just go with dar there and gamble. We know what Burkhead is, I guess. Um right. Yeah, I'll just go with dar and gamble. Uh although I mean I could see if they're down a billion points to KC dump off city, Burkhead just getting six catches, but
2: but I think both those guys are pretty good pass catchers. Oh, Ogunbe- yeah, catches yeah. passes too. You know, it's weird. It's a weird situation. And I do I, you know, here's the thing. Normally I would say, yeah, they're gonna get down by like three touchdowns right away. But the Texans almost beat the Cowboys last week when they're 17 and a half point dogs um on the road and they almost won that game so this is welcome to the city and that's another Russell Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs and I don't know about you but I had the Chiefs defense going in a lot of spots because I earmarked them they have Denver this week I don't I can't remember who they have next week but they have Denver the following week too so it's like it should have been a fantasy bonanza for the Chiefs and it didn't work out that way unfortunately who knew that uh that all the, the Russell Wilson needed was to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs uh to, to get his uh, season jump started. Um <laughs> so that, so that Miami Patrick Mahomes is
3: scoring three touchdowns in the first quarter next
2: time Yeah, they play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, what a wild uh, the AFC West has not been the ride we expected, but it has been interesting. I will say that. Um Saturday night, Miami and Buffalo. Uh Jeff Wilson gets hurt, he has the gets carted off with the hip injury, um, but it sounds like he avoided anything serious and he's going to be ready to go Saturday night. You still have Raheem Mostert there. Uh, I don't know what the, the bill, you know, what, what this game is going to turn into. I know it should be a fun one. Do you have any interest in starting Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert? And if so, which is the guy you like better in that game?
3: I mean, I say if, if you have them on your team, you're probably starting them. You know, they probably got you there. You know, if they're both on your of them? bench not- both, both, both and yeah, I mean, you're not and both
0: yeah, I, I would imagine.
3: and. You're not going to just plug one in at this point because there's no buys. So mm-hmm. unless you had Pierce or something. Um And, and I would take Wilson probably. He, he's had a couple 20-point games, I think, this year. So, you know, Mossard, I think he's gotten like 5, eight, eight ten. Like I, I just don't think he's had much with the opportunity. Then he got the opportunity last week, and uh, he didn't do shit with it. And Chargers right. are pretty bad versus Browns. Um, as I'm starting them in a couple of weeks, but I mean, if Wilson is not out of snap count, hundred percent healthy, I'm definitely going Jeff Wilson.
2: That and, and the great part, part is they play Saturday night. So if, if you're trying to weigh this out, you're going to get as much information as possible coming up until, you know, whatever it is, 730, whenever, or, or 630, whenever the inactives are announced on, on Saturday night, you're going to know what the beat writers are already saying. You're going to know what these guys are looking like in pregame warmups and you don't have to worry about all the Sunday games because they happen the next day. Um, as I, I, I'm always looking forward to 2023. I feel like as the 2022 season starts, Jerry, I'm already looking forward to 2023 and the next season and where guys are going to go in drafts. Kyler Murray sucks, uh, that, that he got hurt in that Monday night game with the, uh, with the torn ACL. How do, and, and this is going to really hurt his, um, this is going to hurt his, um, uh, um, 2023, um, season as well, because, You know, we we saw with Odell Beckham this year. We saw Odell Beckham had the the injury where um, he gets hurt in the Super Bowl. We get filled with the candy corns or, you know, the the, the unicorns and the gumdrops. Hey, Beckham's going to be ready by November, Uh, maybe December. And now it's like, okay, now he might not be ready till January. I feel like we're going to be looking at the same thing with Kyler Murray, right? We're looking at Kyler Murray missing the bulk of next year. And if he does miss – the bulk of next year, what does that do for guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz? What does it do for these Cardinals pass catchers? They're going to be depressed in drafts. Are you going to be excited to cash in on that value, or is this a situation to stay away from, assuming we get Colt McCoy again next year?
3: I guess it depends how the press, because like, what Hopkins missed six games for PEDs this year. Mm-hmm. He's depressed to what six, seventh round? I think he went. Yes. In. Yep. So I mean, you got him, and if you survive to week seven, I mean, he went bananas. I mean, scoring twenty points a week. I mean, that's a no-brainer. So if he's like in round three, four, do I do I still touch Hopkins? Probably not, because I can't have that much equity in a third, fourth rounder, and potentially having to wait till week six for Hopkins to be. Hopkins again with Murray. Um With that being said, I guess that depends on who's at QB, right? Like right. W- what's the plus differential between McCoy weekly versus uh, Murray? And I, I'd imagine it's got to be at least five to eight points. So I guess if there's a floor of maybe 12 points and I know I'm getting 20 in week seven beyond, I think I can stomach absolutely Hopkins. Definitely like round five, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Round four is where I don't know because there's so many talent in round four. That you get for 14 weeks. I don't think I can do it. Um, Ertz, if, if he's still in where he was, I mean, he went to like seven between seven and around nine, I think this year. So yeah. if he's anywhere yeah. in that range, based on what we were talking about, just with the discrepancy and all these tight ends, the variance, like I'll definitely be on Ertz still because at the very least, it seems like a great checkdown option for any quarterback. I would imagine.
2: And, yeah, and 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 I mean, we didn't get a whole lot of Colt McCoy and and um, Zach Ertz together this year before Ertz got hurt. But, yeah, certainly um, I think there's something there. Ertz got cut in one of my um, dynasty leagues, and I, I picked him up just because I, I think he's still got some talent left there, um, and he's ready to, to, to cash in on it over the next couple of years. So I was excited to pick him up. Non-tight end premium league uh, was that. All right, final question for you, Jerry, uh, tonight. Uh, one sleeper player, and I guess maybe we can focus this on maybe an upside player that that FFPC main event, football guys, players, championship, championship round participants should be looking at starting here in week 15, a sleeper player that not a lot of people are starting that they probably should. And then maybe a player that will be starting in a lot of spots, but you don't like his matchup. You don't like the way he's trending. There's a lot to not like about him that maybe you want to think about potentially benching him based on who some of your other options are.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is probably a little bit tougher. Cause like you say sleeper, but I'm also like a proponent of, like I said earlier, like I, I don't want to have recency bias. However, I also don't want to get nuts either. Right. Like the guys right. that got me there, they've been consistent. I know what their upside is. I also don't want to go bananas and start throwing random people in there. So right. like it's a balance. And I know I've preached wide receiver, but like the Zonovan night jets, I mean, like he, he's a guy, if people are skeptical, especially in the running back slot, like he's getting 13 to 15 points every week. And I think Michael Carter only had a couple touches. So, I mean, I feel like the jets are probably in the get right mode right now of kind of getting the ship righted back on the right track. I'm thinking I would would be confident with Knight because he has the ability, I think to possibly go off. Um, but I definitely feel more comfortable in the running back spot than the flux with that one. So, um, and then my one, I would say that I'm I'm Jamal Williams. I mean, he's the one that everybody's like, I'm less smart. And, uh, I could be 100% wrong, but I just think this week, I mean, he's definitely on my bench. I have better options, but uh,
2: he's just that one. I just
3: don't know if you can trust right now because he's not getting the yards, um, and unless he gets those goal line touches, um, you're just slightly gambling with him.
2: I think um, Fantasy Mojo, uh, Darren Armani, our buddy, which, you know, anytime we quote tournament uh, ownership percentages, start-sit percentages, uh, ADP, it's always due to Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joes, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com. He put this out that the highest uh, advance rate um, for the FFPC main event, 47% of the teams uh, who made it to the championship round had Tyreek Hill. 55% had Josh Jacobs and the number one player that was owned on the majority of teams that got to the championship round. 65% of them had Zonovan Bam Knight. Uh, Jerry Koforski is already telling you, you need to think about playing him this week. And uh, we take him at his word because he's been there, done that. And maybe going to be an ffpc millionaire coming up in a few weeks i don't want to jinx it but anything's possible um we will continue to follow We I will continue to follow you on twitter at underscore flapaholic underscore uh good luck best of the way uh best uh best of luck the rest of the way uh trying to cash that million dollar grand prize i know you got other teams competing for other stuff too as well so best of luck to you in all those leagues thanks so much for joining me this week be good and we'll talk to you again soon maybe when you're cashing that million dollar check
3: <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for having me on.
2: You got it. Jerry Koforski, ladies and gentlemen. The Flopaholic himself, um, sitting in 12th place in the FFPC main event, heading into the championship round. want to thank him uh, for carving out some time in his schedule to join me this week. Um, want to remind everybody to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Uh, you can play uh, for as little as $35, as much as $200. You can play in a 100-team contest, a 30-team contest, or a 10-team contest you beat the other nine players in that 10-team contest, you will be getting your way into a 2023 FFPC main event team for free. Uh, you can compete for a million bucks for free in that. There's no draft in these. There's no salary cap. If you want to play with 10 players without kickers and defenses, you can do that. If you want to play with 12 players with kickers and defenses, you can do that as well. Only one player per team. Thursday game, not eligible, but you can pick uh, anybody else from, from the remainder of the games uh, this weekend. Uh, that's all at MyFFPC.com as well. If you want to get in and, and get your teams lined up right now you know these these always sell out every single year so i always preach people just buy the teams now get in now you'll fill them out later when the nfl has announced their their playoff schedule and who the teams are are going to be just get the entries in now so you're not left out in the cold the ffpc world famous playoff challenge is back $500,000 grand prize. It is nearly a $1.5 million prize pool, $200 entry uh, for that one. Again, one player per team uh, for the NFL duration of the postseason. You don't have to mess around with it every single week. You don't have to mess around with you know getting 11 other people to draft. You don't have to mess around with. Um, you know, salary caps or anything like that. Just pick one player per team and you're good as gold. Um, same thing with the football guys playoff challenge, hundred thousand dollar grand prize in that. And that's just $35 to enter a nearly $500,000 prize pool. Same rules as that deadline to sign up for these contests is kickoff of the first game on January 14th uh, wildcard weekend. So make sure you're getting in uh, that all those contests I mentioned at myffpc.com. housekeeping uh, tomorrow night on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, uh, and of course, where I want you to watch it—the best place to watch it—the Better Sports Network app. Uh, myself and Buffalo uh, Sports Talk Radio WGR five fifty and Draft Sharks Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast host Mike Shope and I will be chopping it up from ten to midnight Eastern Time tomorrow, taking you all the way up until uh, the end of the day, essentially. Until that midnight hour, we'll get you set for the championship round. Uh, We'll get Mike's thoughts. I know he's got some teams going in the championship rounds as well. Uh, So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's tomorrow night. And then uh, Friday night at 10, 9 central, myself and Farrell Elliott going to be uh, kicking it live with you at 10 o'clock Eastern time all the way up until roughly 11, maybe a little bit later. Uh, on the high-stakes fantasy football hour. That's right on this FFPC YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for streaming. Remember to like the video, comment on it, uh, share it, uh, get notified, and then, of course, subscribe to the channel. Uh, The more people that do that, the better the content, the more content we can produce and get a lot more high-stakes fantasy football players on like Jerry Kaforski. Remember to give him a follow at underscore Flopaholic underscore. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. I will talk with you Wednesday night on the BSN app, and I'll be back right here on the FFPC YouTube channel at 109 Central. Be good. Have a good night.
1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, Rotoviz.com slash podcast.